Hey folks, Randy Barfield here. Another episode of Under the Roof with Barfield Home Inspection Services. And today we're going to be talking about the most important part of the home, which I feel is the heating and cooling return filter systems. Um, they are the least expensive part of the air conditioning system, but probably the most important. The whole house breathes, and when the heating and cooling system is running, it breathes through the return filters and cools and cleans the air and keeps your system working optimal if you remember to change your filters out on a regular basis. Today we're getting newer systems that have the bigger media filters, the four inch thick filters where you don't have to change them out quite as often. But most homes um, have the regular one inch pleated filters in several locations, two or three or more locations. And since now we're getting into the springtime and all the pollen and air particulates in the air, it's really critical to change out your filter if you haven't done it in a while. Uh, to start, I know a lot of people are going to want to open up their homes because the weather is really nice outside and the birds are chirping. But as you can also see, the oak trees are starting to come back and bloom and all the other foliage is coming out, which is means they're going to be putting out a lot of pollen in the air. And if you're running your air conditioning system while the doors are open, it's going to bring all that outside air in. And so the best thing to do is have a clean air filter. Um and then also, it's also a good idea right now to start doing some maintenance on your heating and cooling system. Um, I always recommend that every inspection that I do, at least twice a year maintenance, spring and fall, where the HVAC guy comes out and cleans the outside unit, cleans the inside unit, gets keep you know changes the filter, the condensate line, makes sure it's draining properly, and do an overall cleaning on the system so it's optimal performance. When it gets into August, September, you're really going to want a really good working cooling system. So so now is the time to start thinking about that. And as always, thinking about changing out your filters with a nice, clean filter. Um, and today I forgot to, completely forgot to introduce them, our, our special, always great host from Live Out Loud uh, PR is Ashley Schlosser and Mary Green. Hey. Hey, Randy. I knew you wouldn't forget about us. <laughs> oh, I just kind of started rambling there and <laughs> had these thoughts in my mind to get them out there and uh, just completely forgot to introduce yourself, you guys. But Well, it's totally because, okay, because I don't know if it's all the pollen out there or mm. the huge Torchies buffet that we just had. We just had. I was almost going to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were all sitting here kind of getting a little comatose with that great food from Torchies. Oh, so. man. Shout out to Torchies for <laughs> keeping Austin fed, you know? Yep. Well, Randy, you're spot on that pollen is upon mm -hmm. us. My car is a really pretty shade of lime yellow, yep. or it was before I went to the car wash today. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that you're always talking about air filters and how they are that inexpensive mm -hmm. thing that everybody can do to save a lot of money in the long run. Um, so... In case we've got listeners that maybe don't change their air filters or don't really know where to start, mm -hmm. how how do you figure out what kind of filters you need and how often do you need to replace them? Well, it's a good idea for the one-inch filters to change them out every four to six weeks. Uh, the city of Austin did a study, some studies back in 2009. Um, a family, a typical family of mom and dad or two people plus children plus one pet – 
my family of four with one pet, typically you change them out every four to six weeks. If there's one person in the house, you can probably go a little bit further than that, maybe every two months. But when you start seeing your filter up in the either the ceiling return or the return underneath the HVAC unit, wherever it's at, when you start seeing it turn into a kind of beige or dirty gray, that's when it's time to change it. You always want to see it white. Um, you know, you can buy these little cheap fiberglass ones, but they don't pick up the small particles. They pick up the large particulates. Just a typical pleated paper frame filter is really all you need. There are some really high micron allergy type filters that people like to use. The problem with those is they get clogged up even faster because they pick up more pollen and dust. So you may have to change those out every three to four weeks. Uh, because here's the thing about filters. They are necessary for the system to breathe and it filters out all the particulates that are going up through the evaporator coil. But as soon as the system, the, uh, the filters become clogged, it's like a person, you know, we're wearing all these masks right now. And some people, you know, if you're exercising with a mask, it's kind of a little bit more difficult to breathe. And so your body has to work harder. And so the same thing happens to the heating and cooling system. If it's trying to breathe through a dirty filter, it has to work harder and which consumes more electricity and puts bigger strain on the system. And if you don't change it out often enough, it can shorten the life of your heating and cooling system. And you don't want that to happen. So, you know, a $10, $12 filter, or if you're buying the big media filters, which the new systems have now, they're probably more like 40 or 50 bucks, and but you don't have to change them out as often. But either way, very, very important to change them on a regular basis. It just keeps them breathing properly, working properly. So where do you get the best type of filter? What's your recommendation? Uh, well, if you can find your size, you know, you can get them at Home Depot or Lowe's or hardware stores. And if you can't find your size, there's uh, Filters Direct or Fast Filters or Amazon. I get mine Amazon. I buy four at a time because it's cheaper that way. Um, Have it on a subscription almost. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, wherever you can find them, just get your size, get your, um, one thing of importance is on the pleated filters, a little one inch, those aren't really MERV specific. MERV is the, the, the filtration rate through the filter. When you get into the bigger four inch filters, they have the MERV rating M E R V. And that's the filtration rate of how the filters can, um, some breathe. So I would not go past like a MERV 13. That would probably be the highest I would go through on a regular residential system. Probably a MERV 11 or a MERV 8 or a MERV 11 is about the size you need. But those that information should be on the filter when you take it out of the system. So the higher density, I guess, of the filter. The harder the- it is to anything above a MERV 11 or 13 is more likely for a commercial system. Okay, so like hospital use or something like that, where they really have finite particulates going through. So at my house, keep it lower than that. But if you have a MERV 11 or 13, um, learning all sorts of new vocab today. Um, So that's what you would put in there, but you would change it more often because it's a higher number? No, just keep the same exact number that you have on the one you take out. Don't be like, well, if uh, nine is good, 10 is better. Not necessarily on a MERV rating. 
Because I did that one time. I said, well, if I can get a MERV-13, a MERV-20 would be even better. And then I almost shorted out my entire system because it couldn't breathe through it. Wow. So the lesson learned. Bigger is not always better. Yeah. The philosophy here is stay with what you got. Okay. That's good info, Randy. Um, And I've got the traditional one inch Uh filter at my house. So this is all new information. I know that you and Ashley both have the larger Mm -hmm. um, box size filter. And are you seeing more of those in new construction homes? More builders are putting in these um, higher end systems because now houses are built better insulated and they're tighter construction. So, you know, older 70s, 80s homes, uh, they weren't insulated all that great. They were insulated, but they weren't, they were kind of drafty. So they pulled air around windows and around baseboards. And so there wasn't a problem getting in fresh air. Now, uh, because the, the houses are so well insulated, they have to put in a mechanical fresh air intake system, usually called a Honeywell or April air system. It brings in a certain amount of air per, per hour. And so um, those those type of systems, you will see uh, where they have the big media box filters with those, usually at the system in the attic or in the HVAC closet. But they're, they're still easy to change. If it's in the attic, then you need to be familiar with um, getting into the attic and accessing the system. And if you're not comfortable with it, well, that gets back to the maintenance contract with the HVAC companies where they're, willing, they're more than willing to do all that for you. So in my family, we're, we're those Texans that like to pretend that it's, you know, cold during the wintertime mm-hmm. and uh, have fires in the fireplace. Of course, mm-hmm. Texas showed us that, hey, it can be cold. Can uh, be. <laughs> so be cold. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was burning fire in my fireplace, mm-hmm. you know, multiple times. How does the smoke, residual smoke from a fireplace affect your filter? Just like everything else, there's a certain number of particulates in the smoke. Um it's, it'll probably, you know, depending on how often you're uh, burning the fireplace and you act, actually have your heating and cooling system running at the same time when you're doing the fireplace. Uh, I don't know the delta on that information on how it affects if you should turn your furnace off while you're using the fireplace. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, when the houses are built really tight and you're trying to get a fire started, you might have to open a window or a door to get the so the fireplace would draft. That's I've seen that happen, um, but it, it's it's pretty finite. I mean, if you're constantly using the fireplace and running the furnace at the same time, then you'll probably need to change your filter out because then the filter may draw in the wood smoke smell. Mm-hmm. You might not want that. So, yeah. Good question. Randy, you just uh, dropped a word that we've talked about before um, in terms of how filters come into play with the actual home inspection itself. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about the Delta. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell us a little bit about the Delta T and what you do surrounding that, how it impacts the Mm -hmm. home inspection. Basically, like if you're getting ready to list your home Mm -hmm. or you're getting ready to buy a home, why you kind of need to care a little more about air filters. Well, I mean, the home inspector is the home inspector, and the home inspection is basically a visual inspection. We are following the TREC standards, of course, but it's still a visual inspection. We're trying to give you all the information of the condition of the property so you can make an informed decision about buying it. So we're not licensed. Most inspectors, there might be a few 
that are that most inspectors aren't licensed HVAC or, or electrical or plumbing. We have an inspector license to check things, but we're not really we don't run diagnostics on heating and cooling. So one of the ways that we check to make sure a heating and cooling system is working properly is called a Delta T, where we take our thermometer or infrared camera and measure the air supply coming out of the register vents. And we measure that against the return underneath the HVAC or at the HVAC. And by TREC standards, Texas Real Estate Convention standards, a normal operating system should be fall between 15 and 20 degrees. You know, HVAC typically say 17 to 22, but there's a five degree delta range there where in that parameter, that's a working system. That's a proper working system. If it's not blowing cold enough, there's an issue. If it's blowing way too cold, there's an issue. And then we write up the fact that you probably should have it further evaluated by a licensed HVAC contractor. But that's our method. Um, you know, you can stick a probe uh, in the air supply plenum at the unit and get it that way. You can measure it at the vents. You can do both. We do both. And But that's our delta T. That's our temperature delta well, that's awesome to know how that works, first of all. And secondly, it begs the question that I know Ashley and I are both thinking of, which is if 15 to 20 or 17 to 22 is like the norm, mm-hmm. what's the worst that you've seen or what's the uh, worst condition filter that you've seen? The worst temperature I ever got, is I, got a, I think I got a 40 degree difference. And when, when there's a Freon, a refrigerant leak, at the evaporator coil, the evaporator coil will start turning into a block of ice. And then you're just getting frozen air going across and then you'll get, you know, you'll get a 40 degree supply and an 80 degree return. And that's a red flag right away. And then you can put your hand on the evaporator box and at the unit and it's just completely ice cold I mean frozen cold. And you can look at the refrigerant lines out at the compressor and they're completely frozen over. And usually that's an indicator of a refrigerant leak or the evaporator coal is completely clogged and air can't pass through it or a combination of several things. Or you can get some, most of the time though, we get where we get the Delta and it's like six degree difference. And that usually means that all the refrigerant has completely leaked out and it's not blowing cold at all. It's just blowing warm air. And that's when the, it's not a bad system. It just needs it. It could be, just needs to be, uh, there may be a leak somewhere and diagnostics need to be run and serviced. But then you get systems where somebody didn't know that they were ever supposed to change the return filter and the filter is completely black and it's got stuff growing on it. And there's no air whatsoever passing through that filter and it hasn't in a long time. And the system, the HVAC system is completely pretty much just shot because it can't breathe air through the filter. And all it took was just a simple $12 filter change. Or then, by the time we find that, the system's done. Yeah. Wow. So all that could have been avoided with just a little maintenance. Just a little maintenance. That's and what wow. are we talking about for like ballpark new? Anywhere from five to $15,000, depending on what system you need or how many systems you need or what your SEER rating you want to have. I think the minimum SEER right now is 14, which all systems have to be at that minimum. But then you can go up to 18. I think maybe new of this, the newer systems can go even 20, 20 SEER if you really want to get super efficient, efficient in cooling. 
I know in Texas, God, we're about to reach those summer peaks of, uh, you know, yeah. 100 degree plus weather. And I've, obviously everyone's fear is your AC going out and not keeping yourself cool. I know even with rental uh, situations in Texas, it's illegal to not have your AC going, right? Because uh, the landlord needs to make sure that it's the air conditions running yeah. just for, 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 you know, your own health of your tenants. Mm-hmm. But the point is... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but basically, how do you avoid that situation where you're in multiple hundred degree heat and you you have an AC breaking? Is it just changing your filter? Or is there other no, maintenance we should be doing? I mean, changing your filter is the easiest part that a homeowner can do. But like I said earlier, the best thing to do is get on a regular maintenance program. Now, if you're if you're a rental person and you're renting a system, then it's a question, the conversation you need to have with your landlord. Most landlords I know have that in place. They have their maintenance guy come by and check on the system at least two or three times a year just because they don't want their system burning out on them because it's expensive for them to have to replace it. But uh, for the regular homeowner, it's just a matter of getting on a maintenance contract. And all of these, pretty much all of these HVAC companies now offer these packages where they can come out at least twice or even more on a regular basis and service it. That's simple. And it's well worth the money. If you've ever tried to get through the summer without a working heating and cooling system, it's pretty miserable. And I know a lot of people that would have given more than the money for the maintenance to get their system working again. So it may be embarrassing, and I don't remember if it's due to our filters being changed or not, but I know in our old house, our AC went out in the tippy top of August <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I think our, we had radiant plumbing and heating out there to come yeah, help us big, out. Yeah. And, uh, funny enough, the, the news came out too to our house. So we were like the Guinea pigs for, you know, Austin's August heat, uh, situation. So it was a crazy memories in our old house, but you know, I think it's just the word to the wise mm-hmm. to keep your maintenance up because, man, it gets sweltering in your house in Texas if you don't have good AC. Yeah, it's like people ask me when I'm on an inspection, you know, it's like if you ask me what what's your favorite kind of wine, I was like, well, it, if it's open, you know, and uh, what's your favorite kind <laughs> of air conditioner if it's working? <laughs> it's the same answer. But the best kind of air conditioner is a working air conditioner. Amen. So, I think Zuzu agrees, too. Yeah, Zuzu's out there wanting to be part of the conversation. She said, I want in that AC. Yeah, Zuzu's our mascot, keeping us going. Well, Randy, we know you have been just busy, busy. um, That time of year. Well, and it never stopped, right? Um, So tell us what you've been up to. Working, inspecting, (laughs) driving all over town, trying to get as many inspections done for these folks. Uh, option periods are shorter. Uh, it's tough to get a house under contract. I feel for the realtors that are out there trying to get these offers done. I feel for the buyers. Um, you know, Austin right now is a beautiful place to be. And it's always a great place, you know, to live in. And so a lot of people are moving here for all the industries that are coming. And it's just inventory is low. Uh, buyers market is high. It's a struggle. Uh, we're working six days a week, sometimes seven if we have to, um, doing, you know, 30, 40, 50 inspections a week, trying to get them all done. We're still getting the reports out as quick as possible, uh, still helping people as much as we can and just uh, doing our best. Yeah, it's unbelievable, you know, just 
from everyone in the real estate industry's perspective, you mm. especially hearing what it's like right now and just this sort of dog eat dog world of real estate in Austin. And, you know, we keep thinking, oh, is, is this bubble going to burst? And not only is it not bursting, but it's no, just it's getting different. bigger and bigger and bigger. So, well, it, one analogy I told uh, somebody the other day, or um, I could start out on Monday, booked all the way to Friday, and then by Monday afternoon or Monday evening, half of those have fallen out of contract. And then by Tuesday morning, I've booked up again. And then by Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening, half of those have fallen out of contract. But you just got to be, as a, you know, in this market, you got to be flexible, you know, and do the best you can and try to get everybody scheduled as when they can. Do the best you can. And like mm-hmm. like your slogan says, you tell it like it tell is. Tell it like it is. <laughs> Give them everybody the, all the information they can handle. That's Randy. Tell it like it is since 2003. <laughs> yep. Well, tell them where they can find you, Randy, if they need to book a home inspection or want to learn more about HVAC and yep. any other tips you've got. You can always give me a call. You can reach me on our, our business line, 512-350-0123. You can reach us on our beautiful website, barfieldhomeinspection.com. Or you can email me, abarfield at austin.rr.com. You can text me on my cell. 512-789-2710. If you see me driving down the road, you can flag me down if you can, if you can catch me. Otherwise, just uh, give us a holler. Drive responsibly, folks. And what if they want to find you on Instagram or Facebook? Are you on social media? We are. Um, At Barfield Home Inspection, guys. <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> Good yeah. thing uh, we're here to remind you. But yeah. yes, please follow us on at Barfield Home Inspection. We got the, all the fun content. Oh. And the best part is you can see pictures of Zuzu. Yeah. Zuzu in the blue bonnet. The most beautiful golden retriever there ever was. Sure. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you, Ashley and Mary, for joining us today at another podcast of Under the Roof with Barfield Home Inspection. Always great chatting with you, Randy. Fun to be in the clubhouse. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Thanks, folks.